Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. There you go. There's a little jingle for the beginning of the episode, and I'm struggling to figure out and or remember what episode I am on. I will find it in just a second as I struggle for time. Oh, geez. There's been so many WrestleCast recently. I cannot. There you go. Episode 24, for goodness sakes. I found it. I found it. There you go. Episode 24. And there you go. So um, this week was a um, a sad week for uh, the hockey world. Last week was a kind of a momentous occasion for the hockey world. Tons of milestones and a massive celebration for Borea Salming. And sadly, this week we have received the news at the at the GX uh, Hockey Cast Compound that the legendary Borea Salming <clears throat> has passed away. At the age of, I believe it was 71, but regardless, uh, he was recently diagnosed with ALS, and sadly, that battle has has been lost. It is now over. Thankfully, now some some people live uh, can live upwards to uh, two years battling this and onwards and so on. It's not a fun fight. It's not a fight that I, I believe can be won. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Regardless. Um, he passed away this week, and it's hor- hor- just tragic news, but there is a silver lining to this. The fact that last week, the the Leaf Nation got to celebrate that amazing, legendary player, that important, not even, it's not just about him being an important hockey player, it was how important he was to hockey in Sweden, how important he was to the country of Sweden, the first NHL player uh, to be inducted who was born in Sweden into the Hockey Hall of Fame, so the the amount of importance that he has to NHL hockey in Sweden, you know, we we saw it throughout this week, the outpouring of all the Swedish players, William Nylander, Matt Sundin, others, sorry, I, I struggle to, to grab any other major names, but I know those two for sure came out and spoke about how important it was, the Sedins, like how it, it may, their careers may not have, A, existed or have had the impact that it did, uh, without Borja Salming paving the way for Swedish players, European players in general. Like I talked about last week, uh, European players back in the era that Borja played, which I believe was the 70s and 80s, long before my time, way before I was born and way before I was playing hockey, he was already long done, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, long retired at that time. But um, I did my research over like over the last, since I heard about the AL- ALS uh, situation and so on and so forth, I looked into it and I'm going to go over some of his career statistics and so on, just to kind of do a little retrospective on Borea. I can't do it justice because I didn't get the opportunity to to grow up and watch him play like other people did but like I said last week the outpouring for those two big celebrations for Borea uh, on the ice before the games last week were just incredible like oh very extremely emotional and just the timing was perfect because man I'm just so happy that we got that opportunity for him and they did it twice which is great they could have done it every single night just for him and it still wouldn't have been enough to uh to uh, show the appreciation and how important he really was to uh, hockey, and yeah, man, uh, extremely sad. I, I can't. I just, I was, I was just so sad to hear. Like it actually took me by surprise that it happened so fast. I was like, wow, that that really, uh, yeah, that kind of slapped me in the face a little bit. I was like, whoa, man, like we didn't even get like 
Yeah, but it's really nice that uh, the Leafs are wearing that Boreas Salming patch on their jerseys. I think I think they should wear that for the remainder of the season. I don't think there's any harm in doing that. I think absolutely go ahead and do that, please, and thank you. That would be great because, A, it looks fantastic. It's a beautiful patch, and it looks great on the on the jerseys, especially when they show William Nylander. I mean, he's on fire. He was score, he's been scoring goals. He scored uh, the, the first game, I believe, after he passed. So Willie is just on fire this year. I believe he is on pace for like 40 goals, but not talking about Willie, but... I wanted to take a little bit of time out of the podcast to just go through a a few of his, just a little bit of his career, because his career is outrageous. So just some of his, um, like, awards that he he won now. These aren't just NHL awards. This is just throughout his whole entire career. I mean, named to the All-Star team in the World Ice Championships in 73, named to the All-Star Swedish team in 73 and 89. That's a big old gap. Named to the NHL second All-Star team in 75, 6, 78, 79, and 80. Named to the NHL first All-Star team in 77. Awarded the Viking Award. That's amazing. Best Swede in North America in 76, 77, and 79. Awarded the Molson Cup. Uh, most three-star selections in 74, 77, 78, and 80. Named to the Canada Cup All-Star Team in 76. Played in the NHL All-Star Game in 76, 77, and 78. Awarded the Charlie Conacher Humanitarian Award in 82. Played for the NHL uh, team in the 79 Challenge Cup. Named to the IIHF Hall of Fame in 98. Named to the IIHF Centennial All-Star Team in 2008. Number 21 retired by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Named in the 100 Greatest NHL Players in NHL History. Swedish Ice Hockey Association All-Century Team. And I don't know if if it it didn't say... there's got to be the hall of fame became the first yeah so in 19 november 96 salmi became the first swedish hockey player inducted into the nhl hall of fame god damn man that is that is a lot and then in terms of statistics man nothing to sneeze at there he played during uh, a hell of an era he started it with the toronto maple leafs in 73 74 ended it with the toronto well okay well he ended it with the detroit red wings i guess in 89 90 so he finished his career before i was born but he played through a hell of an era there a tough era and he stood his own ground out there. He played in a total of 1,148 NHL games, 150 goals, 637 assists, 787 points. And he racked up 1,344 penalty minutes. And in the NHL playoffs, 81 games, 12 goals, 37 assists, 49 points, 91 penalty minutes. He was a defenseman, by the way. So those are fantastic numbers for a defenseman of that era. He was tough as nails, dude. You can see the pictures of the scars that he wore throughout his career. And that list of awards, man, like, that's I don't even think that's enough awards to show just how good of a human being he was. And on top of that, kept his body in incredible shape throughout his whole entire lifetime. He was probably top five best-looking bodies of a 50-plus-year-old man of all time. He was in... He was... 
what was it? He was a Swedish underwear model for, I believe it was his own underwear, and he was the model for it. Because he was, not just because he owned the company, or if, if he didn't even own the company, regardless, he just looked that good for his age. He was a, just an, just a, what a guy, man. What a guy. I, I just can't, I can't, I wish I could do it better justice than I grew up watching him, man. I wish I had that pleasure of being able to watch him. Maybe I can go back and, you know, I should watch some more highlights and stuff and just watch, uh, Borea Salming back in those days, but um, rest in peace, Borea. I mean, such an important player. And again, I'm just so fucking happy that they got, we got that moment. Like it was really scary there with COVID because a lot of uh, these things got pushed back because we wanted crowds, uh, we wanted people to be there. And I'm so happy that he got the crowd, he got that recognition, and it was very clear on the ice that he understood that. And he got a pass at least knowing that we all loved him, we respected him, and know that what he did was extremely important for the NHL, uh, for European players and beyond. So rest in peace, Borea. You are an absolute freaking legend, dude. And we all love you. We absolutely love you. Uh, so, wow, I get to uh, do one of these weird, awkward transitions where you move on to uh, uh, sad news to good news. Well, Ilya uh, Sorokin got a 49-safe shutout versus the Oilers. So there's freaking that. So I just want to talk about, uh, is it, it's, whatever, Sorokin. Gotta be the most underrated goaltender in the NHL, dude. If this guy does not get more of a Vesna, uh, if he doesn't win it, I mean, the dude is lights out this year. He's been lights out for like three years now. There's just been some outrageous goaltending performances kind of outshining him the last few years. But this guy has been consistently one of the best top five goaltenders in the league for a while now. And I, I just got it. I saw that and I was like, oh my God. So, so not only is that a 49 save shutout, that's against the Oilers. You know who's on the Oilers? Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl shut those guys down and it seemed like they were buzzing that game because they got 49 shots so Ilya Sorokin dude I have to I have to take the hat off for you throw it in the trash and and put on a fucking Islanders hat or something because Ilya Sorokin wow what a performance from him that is absolutely insane and uh yeah I I could if Ilya Sorokin doesn't get a Vesna soon, uh, that's a disgrace because, wow, man, this guy has been insane. It's looking like it's going to be between him, Hellebuyuk, and, oh, geez, who's another guy who's playing really well? I mean, Gorgiev is doing quite well over there in Colorado, but I don't know. Colorado goalies don't tend to get the, the Vesna. I mean, they get the nod, but they don't win it. Uh, those are, I don't know, it seems like those two right now. I'm trying to pull out a third name, but... um. I don't know. I'm thinking about a lot of teams goaltending is struggling right now. Like Calgary's goaltending, it's it's not been great. Uh, I mean, freaking Vegas's goaltending has been solid. That Thompson kid could win the could could win the Calder, but Sorokin, dude, wow, what a what a game that has got to be one of the best shutouts in NHL history. That is that is just freaking crazy, dude. Uh, moving on, what else is absolutely crazy is Jason Robertson is ripping up the league like no other man, and I feel like maybe not enough people are talking about it still. This guy is up there with Connor McDavid in points, and um, yeah, he makes only like just under $8 million per year. Everyone's talking about how did this kid take such a little amount of money? I mean, well, he only had like one, he only had one season of... Um, 
him being a point of game player and uh yeah so there wasn't a, a, a large amount of leverage and uh the dallas stars signed him to a bridge deal basically so they gave him a good amount of money for a bridge deal but oh my goodness dude at the end of that bridge deal the dallas stars are going to have to take out a loan or two because they are going to be paying mr robertson quite a chunk of money because holy shit dude this kid is tearing it up he's scoring like two goals per game right now lately it's been absolutely crazy i it it snuck up on me out of nowhere i just took a little peek at um at the stats and uh boom there he was right beside Connor mcdavid and i was like whoa dude what is this guy doing there and again i'll shout oh my god dude look at this so just over his last uh, games that are being shown on fantasy hockey uh a goal two assists one goal two assists goal and assist goal and assist and assist a goal two goals two goals two goals one assist one goal holy crap so he is up there on a massive point streak just like a, a certain someone we'll talk about a little bit, little later on in the show but he is ripping up the league dude on Connor mcdavid levels and he's doing it on a bargain so dallas stars fans must be loving this right now he missed training camp doesn't matter doesn't matter didn't skip him maybe it did like maybe he would be doing like three points a game if he started on time but wow dude uh this kid is absolutely exploding and again me as a toronto maple leafs fan his brother nick robertson is over here on the toronto maple leafs i would really really like uh uh, Jason to sprinkle a little bit of that magic dust on his brother Nick and let's get Nick going up there to a uh, two point a game Connor Mc- Connor McDavid level production that would be uh insane and I would appreciate that very much so but oh my goodness yeah if any of y'all are sleeping on Jason Robertson this guy is seriously in contention to win the Hart Trophy right now like he is literally the straw that stirs the drink in Dallas he is all about that he runs that offense and we'll talk about someone else on uh well we're just going to talk about dallas right now but there's another guy there's there's a lot of news in dallas this week so not only is jason robertson tearing up the league jamie ben has just risen from the dead and uh wow the production from jamie ben right now is um he did win an art ross in his career he did lead the league in in and scoring it wasn't a very uh, high scoring league at that time when he did it but he did regardless win an art ross trophy as the highest point getting guy in the league so jamie ben can score it's just that the last few years he's kind of fallen off of a cliff offensively and trust me i'm very aware of this because i'm a big old jamie ben fan especially when it comes to fantasy hockey he's one of the he's just one of the kind of guys that i really like he puts up a lot of shots and hits and he just gets you a lot of stuff and he's usually good for um, uh, for points and even when he's not putting up points he puts up a lot of shots penalty minutes like he just he's a category guy he just hits everything and over the last few years i've been you know i get my jamie ben on and the production the points just haven't been there along with his buddy tyler say again but uh they're both risen from the dead tyler say again not much not as much so as jamie ben this year i don't think anybody saw this from jamie ben he is on fuego bro he is on fire and trust me he i I know this because again i have jamie ben on my fantasy team i picked him up in free agency the day before he scored his hat trick and he has just been lights out ever since he's literally a top 20 
player in the league right now he is destroying and it's great to see because Jamie Ben is a fun player to watch he's one of the one of the true power forwards one of the rare power forwards left in the game he can beat the crap out of you he'll crash the net he can score goals he'll fight he is the captain of the Dallas Stars but yeah Dallas is humming right now uh, and usually for Dallas for the last couple of years it's just been the Robertson line with his buddy Joe Pavelski, little Joe, but also his other buddy, Rupe Heinz, who just signed a eight-year extension worth, I believe, I don't have the exact number, but it's an eight-year extension. It's just under $9 million, and I absolutely love that deal, dude. It's I love that deal. So they're locking up guys. Uh, they got a couple scary bridge deals there with Jake Ottinger and obviously Jason Robertson, but um, they got Heskinen signed. They got Rupe Heinz signed. Uh, they still have Jamie Benn and Sagan signed, but at least now they're producing. Not maybe, well, I mean, uh, arguably they are actually producing up to their to their contracts right now. Jamie Benn uh, particularly so. But uh, Dallas is humming right now. It's looking good. Uh, that Rupe Heinz contract, uh, again, I think Rupe Heinz might be one of the more underrated players in the league. He is fantastic, dude. Fantastic fantastic player wow he is good uh i don't know if it's just because he's playing with robertson but regardless chemistry is really important in the league and that line has chemistry that line of jason robertson rupe heinz and joe pavelski goodness that 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 group of that line has been buzzing for years now at least two years this year robertson's taken another step rupe heinz has been a point per game player 37 goals last year this guy is incredible, and for them to lock him up for eight years under nine million dollars—that's an incredible deal. It's, I think it's under nine. It's under ten guaranteed. Under under ten million dollars. So they did a fantastic job with that deal. Eight years, I believe he's only like twenty-four years old. So that sh- should age really nicely, especially with the cap going up. Other guys aren't are going to make more money than him for that production. So Dallas is getting a little bit of a discount here. That could go a long way with the contract discussions with Robertson and Ottinger when the when those dreadful day comes when they have to talk to those guys again for money. But for now, Dallas is humming. They're looking real good, real tight. And uh, I like that deal a lot with Rupe Heinzman. Uh, he's he's fantastic. He's a really good player. And we're going to be hearing about him for a long time because that, that combo of Robertson and Rupe Heinz, don't know how long mini Joe, little Joe over there, Joe Pavelski is going to hang on. But for his age, he continues to produce at ridiculous levels. I believe he even had a career year last year, something like that. Regardless, he's playing incredible for his age. Uh, the father time has not attacked Joe Pavelski just yet, so... That line is doing just fine. And now that Jamie Benn and Sagan are buzzing again, Dallas is doing really good. Ottinger's playing fantastic. It looks like he is the real deal. He wasn't just a playoff run, so I'm really happy because I, I was a big fan of Jake Ottinger last year. And yeah, Dallas is doing really good. And wow, I didn't expect to talk about Dallas that much, but they're a cool little team, man. They're a fun little team, and it's uh, they're going to be a problem in the playoffs, man. You don't want to have to deal with Jamie Benn and the Dallas Stars in a seven-game series. So look out for the Dallas Stars, man. So looking real good for them. Moving on, speaking of looking really good, uh, Carolina, well, I mean, their team isn't looking really good right now, but they did also uh, offer their goaltender, oh, goodness, I do not know his name that well, but... Uh, they have a young goalie there. 
They signed him to a four-year extension worth $2 million per season. It's a fine contract. Looks pretty good. I mean, uh, anti-Ranta, I don't think, is going to be there that long. And the way that he's been playing so far this season, looks like he could project to be the starting goaltender as soon as next year. Who knows? He may even be able to steal that job this year. But looks like a really good deal at... Again, that just makes me look at the Spencer Knight one. And I know Spencer Knight's playing pretty good this season, but that amount of money just seems really high considering that, especially with Florida spending already so much money on Bobrovsky, I would feel that maybe they would have been able to get a little bit of a a better deal on Spencer Knight. But I like this deal for Carolina. It looks good. Their goaltending situation seems to be... Okay, their team is... They're in a little bit of a rut right now. They've been been losing quite a few games... And uh, haven't been looking very Carolina the last little bit here, but at least they got that extension done. So I would say their goaltending situation seems to be in good hands. They have fantastic defense, so I would say that their their goaltending looks pretty good right here. Uh, I don't know if this is pretty good or really, really bad. I think it's a little bit of both, but the Anaheim Ducks finally got their first regulation victory of the season. Yes, Yes, that is correct. The Anaheim Ducks have not won a game in regulation in over it took them over 20 games to do it finally. And they did it over the freaking Rangers of all teams. Like really, bro? The Rangers. Why did it, it like the Rangers are already struggling. They had to have that on their conscience. Like goodness. Like we are seriously the first regulation loss to the Ducks. Yeah, so that is really not good for the Rangers. They have been um, as the what? What is the term that the the children are saying nowadays on the playground? What the Rangers are uh, uh, mid? Is that the term? Is that the yeah? That's the ter- okay. We'll go with the mid. Uh, so. I don't know. This one doesn't surprise me as much because I don't know, dude. Last year, the Rangers, I think without question, fucking peaked as a team last year. And it was one of those just magical runs, dude. Like you had Kreider hit 50 goals, which he's, I don't know. He's, I mean, he's uh, the, what, what's it called? The P word, potential. They've always thought maybe potentially Kreider could have been a 50 goal guy. And he finally did do it. And I don't think he's ever going to do that again. He's been struggling this year. Doesn't look like he's going to, uh, well, struggling is pushing at I mean, I think he's been pushed down to the fourth line a couple times. Struggling within the lineup. The team overall is struggling. Maybe not production wise with some of the guys like the big guns like Panarin and whatnot. But I believe it's just come down to that team peaked just ridiculously almost everything came up millhouse for the rangers last year they went on a hell of a run and i think a lot of it comes down to shishirkin having a just uh you cannot repeat the the kind of season that shishirkin had last year because he was insane last year dude he was in freaking insane and i was saying this last year i know i didn't have a podcast but i said it last year like there's no way that he's going to be able to keep this up and he won the rangers a lot of games last season that the rangers shouldn't have won it's in the statistics it's in the numbers it's known it's a well-known thing if you don't know this you should know this okay i'm gonna tell you now you know this but shesterkin played out of his freaking mind last year and it's not that he's even playing bad this year it's just that he isn't playing 
Goku Super Saiyan level 90 like he was last year. He was just so good last year. Won the Vesna, dragged the the Rangers into a very prominent spot into the playoffs, took them deep into the playoffs, and yeah, dude, he had a hell of a run. And who knows, if the Rangers happened to win the cup, I think it would have been without question. Shesterkin would have, it would have been because Shesterkin got them that cup. So he had an insane year and, you know, goalies don't tend to keep up that type of, of, of elite play to that level very consistently now you're talking guys like Dominic Hasek in the dead puck era kind of thing so we're very not in a dead puck era time but Shesterkin isn't playing bad this season he's playing just fine like arguably good for 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 numbers but in terms for uh comparables to Shesterkin numbers he's not playing up to Shesterkin levels so he's not very Shesterkin this year and I think the Rangers go with how Shesterkin goes. So if Shesterkin's playing kind of mid, then the Rangers are kind of mid because, I don't know, you look at their roster up and down the lineup, looks pretty deep, but I feel like a lot of that comes down to those young gun, that young gun line of Hedl, Lafreniere, and Kako. They had to they had to take that extra step, and they definitely just haven't. I mean, it's just not there. Uh, I mean, it looked really promising in the playoffs, man. I was just, they were so much fun to watch in the playoffs when they were all clicking together. And I don't know, man, I, 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 am, I am legitimately starting to worry a little bit about uh, Lafreniere and Kako, more so Kako. Well, I mean, both of them a little bit kind of on the same level because you would expect by now, usually in, in, in terms of normal NHL uh, player development, this is about the time that these kind of players should start making major impacts, especially a first overall player that was Lafreniere and a second overall player that was Kako. This many years playing in the NHL, it's not that they, they've they been playing in the NHL. It's just that their production, it just hasn't gotten there yet. And uh, yeah, I'm starting to worry a little bit about Lafreniere. I mean, he's only he's only got ten points, man, and and Kako's only got eight, and uh, I mean, Heedle's doing better. I mean, he's only got eleven, so it's not that much better. So yeah, it's not the the level that you were expecting. Like like you were looking at a guy like, oh, what's the guy in Carolina's name that's just fucking popped off over there? Not Yarvis, but uh, whatever, uh, Nachas. So a guy like that, like they've been waiting over there in Carolina for him to explode and now he finally has so still waiting for that type of explosion for a guy that was a first overall pick but um yeah I I don't watch Ranger games on the regular so Rangers fans you would have to tell me like are they doing something wrong with these young players over there with their development are they not getting enough time are they not getting enough of that beep are they just not being utilized properly with a coach that maybe doesn't use young players should they maybe explore trading one or two of these players Uh, it seems like the time to have traded them maybe would have been in the offseason when they were lighting it up in the playoffs but I mean would you want to do that would trade a first overall pick who appears to have found it and figured it all out in the playoffs and yeah it's a tough move man it's a tough call with the Rangers but right now they're they're as the kids call them rather mid and uh, they need to get it going because the the standings are, are looking pretty good and we're going to take a look at the standings here and uh, we're going to go I'm going to go through all the, all the teams and we're going to see 
where they're sitting and which ones I think are are good to go for the playoffs and which ones aren't going to make it and so on and so forth. And if you want to go back and listen to my prediction episodes uh, back then, you could you can go. I'll I'll have to go back and listen to those and 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 we'll go through and see how horrible my predictions are. The only one that I can remember that I know I was just horrendous on was the Bruins. I said they weren't going to make the playoffs and they're phenomenal so there you go fuck me Bruins fans you could say you could you can laugh at me there you go just a Leaf fan here getting it wrong all the time with you damn Bruins you guys are always fucking good but uh hey maybe you guys are peaking too early and you're gonna just kaputs in the freaking playoffs but we'll see we'll probably end up meeting you guys in the first round yet again and and my soul will be broken one more time regardless we're gonna take a look at all the things and we'll we'll do our own contenders and pretenders and so on and so forth but before we get to that let's talk about the toronto maple leafs this week they did make a trade they acquired timmons from arizona what is his name connor timmons connor timmons from arizona um yeah and they trade away curtis douglas the uh, six foot nine behemoth uh, forward now the word on Douglas is it, I don't think he would really project to be an NHL player because he's uh, he can't skate very well so that doesn't really I mean it's not a it's not the end all be all for for players I mean John Tavares can't skate very well but he has the talent to back it up anyway the Toronto Maple Leafs make a trade they acquire a right-handed shot defenseman which is oh, great excuse me and on top of that, of course, he's from the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound system, which is uh, just great. That's fine, man. Like, I know everyone makes fun of it, but it's been working pretty decently for the most part. I mean, look at Murray, look at Samsonov, and yeah, it's missed at times, like guys like Nick Ritchie, but you can't hit 100% all the time. Guys just aren't, it doesn't work every single time. But for the most part, it's a thing that Toronto Maple Leafs are a very process-oriented team right now so they're gonna go with what they think works and picking up Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds seems to work now Connor Timmons is sort of a a reclamation project he's been playing with the Arizona Coyotes struggling to uh, be in that lineup consistently playing not that great over there I don't even know if he's been in the lineup so that says a lot if if a young defenseman can't make it into the Arizona Coyotes lineup that's not great so the Leafs are going to hope to bring him in get him into some familiar systems you know be like hey remember the Sault Ste. Greyhound days that that was awesome we'll just do that with you here and then maybe he'll fit in good and the big kicker with this guy is he played with Rasmus Sandin in the Sioux as far as I can as far as I can remember if my brain is is uh betraying me let me know but they were a pairing before, so that's great. Not only, He's a right-handed shot, so that's fantastic. It'll add to depth. I don't know if this guy's going to crack the lineup still to this day. He hasn't made it into the lineup yet, so I don't know if they plan on using this guy just yet. Uh, it would be nice to just see what we got in him. Maybe it works. Maybe something cool happens, and he works really good with Sandine again because uh, it looks like Sandine is, is just not going to work out on the right side. It just isn't his thing and that's fine he's not a right-handed defenseman he's a left-handed defenseman and he's just way more comfortable he plays a lot better on the left he just yeah it just hasn't been working on the right they've been trying to force it to work and uh yeah now that Morgan Riley's down he can slot over to the left side and it's been working out a lot better for Rasmus so that is really good so we'll see what happens with Timmons can't say too much until I just want to see him play 
with us before I can say too much about him. But I'm happy that it's a trade that makes a lot of sense. We're hurting on D, so you can't have to. You, you got to get that defensive depth. And if this guy can make an impact in the NHL, he's 24, so there's a chance. But you know, the ceiling probably is is, or the window is closing on this guy. But we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for him for sure. Speaking of rooting for man, Mitchell freaking Marner is currently on as I record this a 17 game point streak he is one game away from tying the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs franchise record for point streak at 18 games with Eddie Olchick and the legendary Daryl Sittler almost is that his name Daryl Sittler Daryl I I don't know I confuse it sometimes with Daryl Sutter hopefully I got that right regardless Sittler so that is some pretty big company right there. Honestly, I don't know much about Olchek other than his um, his panel duties, so I didn't watch him. So I I was just like, okay, I know that name, but I only know I don't know much about you at all about the hockey player. But I guess he was pretty darn good if he had a, a point streak of that length. I know Sittler was darn good, so there's that. My dad always told me how good he was. So yeah, Mitchell Marner right now quietly has been ripping it up. Uh, I'm nervous now that a lot of it's gotten, it's gotten a lot of attention. Now they're talking about it a lot on the broadcast now. And it was kind of quiet up, up until just recently, since he got to like maybe game 15, 16. And, uh, lately he's been making it look real easy, man. Some of the goals he's been scoring and he's getting some luck. I mean, the floater goal he got the other night against Detroit, I mean, that shouldn't have went in, but it freaking did. And that just seemed to be like a heat sinking missile. Marner's on a mission right now. He's tearing it up. Very happy for him. I just, um, yeah, I just, I, he's he's fun to watch, but he's still not one of my favorite players. Uh, he's, yeah, his stock has gone way down for me. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just something that I just, just want him to keep. I just, I just try to not watch anything of him that's not hockey related. I don't like to hear his interviews. I don't like to hear any of that stuff because it just, oh, I just don't like to hear him talk, I guess. I don't know. Just recently, his voice just makes me very upset, but what makes me not upset is him racking up points on the ice for the Toronto Maple Leafs and helping us win games. And yeah, always a good thing to see Marner. And if people haven't noticed, they have split up the, the, the duo of Marner Matthews. They've went back to the old style of Marner with John Tavares and William Nylander with Matthews. Personally, always fine. I've always been totally cool with that. I've honestly almost preferred to have Marner with Tavares. It just kind of makes a little bit more sense. And it doesn't mean that it's over forever. I just mean like, it's not, not a bad thing to play around with it, but it clearly, clearly worked very well when they had Marner with Tavares. Tavares scored 47 goals that year. He is on pace to do just that again this year. He's playing with Marner. I mean, he played a lot with Willie as well, but yeah, those two like Marner's going to work with a lot of guys, man. He's one of the best passers in the league. And yeah, Tavares is a hardworking guy. He's, I don't know, he's kind of like, he could just do it all, man. Tavares is an underratedly awesome player. He's just not very flashy, but he's incredible. And then Matthews recently has awoken by the looks of it. I'm very, very happy. I had it written down earlier in the week that, hey, maybe is this, what's going on with Matthews, man? Like, the, there's something funky going on with this guy. Is there something wrong with the salsa over there? Like, what's what's up? And uh, just recently, the last few games, man, he's scoring. Okay, everyone's freaking out that, oh, he's not scoring five-on-five goals with his, with his forehand or whatever guy. And um, I don't, it doesn't, I mean, goals are goals, man. They don't ask how how they went in. They ask how many. And, but the, now, 
there is that or now Matthews definitely is not scoring up to the pace that we are used to but recently over those last few games you see it man you see it he scored that goal and it, it Matthews is a very selly oriented guy you can tell a lot about Matthews by how he's selling that night how what's going on in that guy's head and the way that he celebrated that goal that fucking forehand five on five goal it's on bro I think I think the league is in big big trouble right now because I think Austin Matthews has awoken now I don't know what the heck was going on with him prior to this awakening of of Matthews but I don't know if he was battling something because man I've been watching him since he entered the league and I haven't seen you know there's some games there that he looked really out of it and yeah he just hasn't been scoring goals in the ways that he's been scoring goals and he's been missing in the in his spots you know wide open like should be freaking it was guaranteed goals last year and he just wasn't getting them so far this year now they're starting to go in so i feel like it's just a balancing act hopefully it was just a bad rut man hopefully it was a little bad rut maybe he got a little down on himself a little bit and it it looks like the the monkey is off the freaking back of austin matthews uh big poppy looks like a poppy is uh back and running like poppy but Still going to keep my eye on on Matthews, of course. We're always always got our eyes on Matthews, but I don't know, man. He was like at the beginning of the year, he was playing great and and he was getting tons of opportunities. It just wasn't going in, and then his play dipped, and I was like, okay, what's going on? Is he hurt? And now it seems to be back, playing quite good. His forechecking has been excellent lately. I mean, he has been forechecking really hard. Marner as well. Got a, Marner's always been a fantastic forechecker. He's always been very prominent on the penalty kill, so I'll give Marner his cookie for that one as well. He's been fantastic lately on the on the back checking, so yeah. But Mitchell Marner, one game away from the from uh tying the record. Will Marner break it? I mean, Oh man, I really, really like Sittler and Marner. I don't know. He's we've had our ups and downs with our relationship with Marner. Now it's just me personally. Uh, I, I've loved, I've loved this kid, and then I've absolutely freaking couldn't stand him. And now I'm kind of repairing the the relationship with him. So I don't know. We're working on it right now. If if it was a relationship status, it would be in the it's complicated category. So there's that. Uh, honestly, man, if it if it helps his fucking confidence and it helps him score a whole bunch of points in the playoffs, sure. Get get the fucking record kiddo go for it i'm good with it whatever it takes man just win a fucking stanley cup please that's all i want please and thank you thank you thank you but marner has been buzzing dude that goal he scored oh man what game was that was that the i think it was the minnesota game where he just undressed a bitch oh man that was dirty i believe it was flurry i don't know dude if you if you watch it you know what goal i'm talking about oh Oh, that was a Cadbury cream egg factory right there. I just creamed all over the place. I was losing my mind. That was just so dirty, so nasty. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a, it's been a good little time here for Mitchell Marner and the Leafs because they've been winning, been winning lots of games. And of course, the big, uh, the, uh, the very not controversial win at all against the New Jersey Devils, ending their streak uh just in time so they don't break their record and uh, it was definitely no controversy in that game whatsoever uh in good news Holmberg scored his first NHL goal in that game that was awesome Marner kept his streak alive in that game obviously but um yeah the big story out of that game is that the three goals got called back 
New Jersey Devils fans got very angry, threw a bunch of garbage onto the ice, and that became a big trend for the night, and there was garbage thrown at a Vancouver game. Elias Pedersen got hit with jelly beans, and everyone's freaking out, like, oh god, the players are in danger, and yes, you should never throw anything on the ice, that's stupid. And apparently how this all started is because, and it's really funny, it's really funny, that uh, a Jersey fan threw his hat on the ice because it was a hat trick of goals called back. And that is incredibly hilarious. But then someone just saw it as throwing trash on them. Then the carnage started, started throwing trash on the ice. The Toronto Maple Leafs left the bench, came back. Lindy Ruff says, please stop it. Please, please, please stop. He shays going, come on, guys, this is ridiculous. And it was extremely embarrassing. It was embarrassing, man. It was, it was weak. I understand the frustration of Jersey fans like... It, I, it's totally understandable to be upset. Totally get it. Don't throw shit on the ice. Grow up. Come on now. But regardless, the Leafs won that game. Yes, three goals got called back. Uh, two of them f- for, were for sure. God, God, call them back, man. One was kicked in, and the other two I'm kind of blurring on. But the first one I know uh, was the one of issue where Murray's kind of like arguably his leg so i would give that one sure call that don't you didn't have to call that one back but at that time the refs didn't know that two more goals are going to be called back later on so i don't know man yes it was a fucking mess of a game but it doesn't mean that throw trash on the ice regardless dude that was a massive win for the toronto maple leafs murray has been playing fantastic dude and uh the the ending of that game was awesome after the crowd grew up the rest of that game like the last nine minutes of the Leafs just hanging on Murray was excellent dude and just beating that ending ending that streak at 13 that was an incredibly fun game definitely my favorite game of the week and um yeah they threw crap on the ice which lost a lot of points for me but it was still my favorite game of the week and after that they played uh Minnesota we they beat them four to three Murray, another controversy in this game was Matt Murray knocking off the the net off of his post a whole bunch of times. And ugh, just, okay, whatever, man. Like, it's a smart play. Other, like, you can't, it's, it, it's just a smart play. If he didn't get in trouble for it, yeah, if he keeps doing it, he's going to get in trouble for it. But that's, I think that just goes to show a little bit of that playoff experience uh, that Murray has. Now, that's a playoff fucking move right there. I don't know if that shit's going to fly in the playoffs, but I can see him pulling that kind of shit off in the playoffs and yo if we get that result you get a a minute minute and a half break and they got to come out and fix the post all this yada yada that's huge man and i mean it helps the other team too the other team's getting a break as well but if the team is like buzzing they got all the momentum that could really be a useful card to play for for matt murray you just cannot play that card too often especially already everyone's already all over him about it everyone was talking about it this week oh he's pushing the net off off on purpose that's whatever man it's a fucking smart play i think yeah obviously he did it on purpose but uh i just want him to make sure i think he knows like okay back off with that shit a little bit you don't need to be doing that all the time because uh they'll watch it and uh if the if the refs you know they, they get told to watch these people they're gonna watch you and they're gonna call you all the time bro but um he still had a really good game, man. He made a ridiculous save right at the last second of that game against Kaprizov. Holy fuck, dude. Oh, so Matt Murray is buzzing right now, man. He's looking good, looking good. And then they beat the freaking Pittsburgh Penguins. Absolutely whooped the Penguins, man. That wasn't much of a competition. It looked like it was going to be a game at first. The Penguins scored. I was like, oh, snap. But then, nah, the Leafs just basically kicked the shit out of them, beat them 4-1. to 
And I believe Shalgren was in net for that one. He played just dandy. Just dandy. Getting the wins, man. That's that's the most important thing for a backup goaltender or any string of goaltender. You got to get the wins, man. Like, wins are huge. You just, like... Does it, you don't necessarily have to play amazing, just win. Just win, and Shogren's been getting wins, so that's really great. And then the other night, they, they win against Detroit, 4-2. Another solid-ass performance for Matt Murray yet again. A good game from the Leafs. Again, Matthews appears to be coming alive. Marner continues his streak. Huso looked brutal in net for the Detroit Red Wings last night. I was honestly hoping that they would keep him in for the whole game so then the Leafs could maybe get eight or nine because wow he was bad dude like they scored what two goals on the first three shots of that game a lot of them didn't look very good so yeah he got the mercy pulling out of that game with Vili Huso. I still think he's a pretty good goalie it's just maybe it just wasn't his night and uh, maybe it wasn't the no- the night for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, there, was a, there was a couple of things going on in that, in that game that they may have been upset about. But regardless, I think the Leafs were the better team right there. I think they did end up getting outshot by Detroit. But again, the Leafs had the lead for the majority and uh, or early on in the game anyway. And yeah, it was pretty much Dunyan rings. But yeah, so that was the Leafs week. And um, yeah, I'll talk about the Flames really quick here. Uh, I didn't get the opportunity to watch any of the games, but I saw that they didn't win any of their fucking games. So this is really bad. This is not good. We'll go a little bit more in depth with it while we talk about the pretenders and contenders uh, section of this. We'll finish out with this and that will be the episode. So I'm just going to go through the standings as it is currently today and... um, We'll go through all of them and see which ones I think will make the playoffs and which ones I won't. And this is just the known time for a lot of teams and uh, analysts and all this shit to uh, make their make their final judgments. And this is kind of when the league starts to settle out. Statistics show that like I don't know, eighty percent of the teams that are in playoff spots by uh, American Thanksgiving, and also. Happy uh, American Thanksgiving. I didn't say that last week, so there you go. Happy American Thanksgiving. I'm Canadian. I'm a douchebag. I don't. I don't really know very much about your your Thanksgiving. But there you go. Happy American Thanksgiving, y'all. That's good. What the hell was I saying? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So um, usually uh, a lot, a good percentage of the teams that are in playoff spots at this time of the season make it into the playoffs by the end of it. So I'm going to go through the East and the West, and I'm going to predict, I guess, loosely on, on what I think, how it's going to how it's going to shake out. The East looks very interesting right now, and the West still seems to be, like, trying to figure the hell out. Like, there's a lot of teams that aren't doing well, but they're still, like, not out of it. So, yeah, the West is also interesting, but in a different way. So starting out with the Bruins right now, they have won 85% of their games they're going to make the playoffs and they shoved it so far up my hoop my hoop that it's coming out of my mouth because like I said earlier I predicted the Bruins to to not make the playoffs because I thought that all the injuries were going to be a problem and no it was very not a problem at all very not a problem at all but Bruins at this point have only lost three games one of those to the Leafs thank you very much so that makes me feel good Bruins are buzzing right now that's really good for them so, yeah, I, I guess the Bruins are going to make the fucking playoffs. Toronto Maple Leafs currently in second in the Atlantic, 68% winning, or I guess I'll just do the right number, point six eight eight winning percentage, right, or points percentage, sorry. I think I'm pretty happy, I'm pretty safe to say now that the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. Now, ask me earlier on in the season when they were struggling, ah, I might have said a couple of different things here or there, but right now, I mean, they're 24 games, 
14, five and five. Uh, you know, that's a little, that's see, I don't like, I don't like NHL five. I don't like, I just don't like how it's working. I don't like pity points. I think it should be a win loss league, but whatever. It's the way that they're doing it. Uh, the fact that they've won 14 games out of 24, not bad. Good. I was hoping for it to be a little bit better, but definitely looks like right now they're finding their stride. Sadly, they are depleted on the blue line. They are really hurting on injuries. They are plowing through it right now, though, so that is a great momentum-building block to uh, hold on to your season with. So really good job. The goaltending has been, I would say, better than expected, or just, yeah, I would, I think it's safe to say it's been better than expected. Both Samsonov and Murray have played quite well Shogren for what he what he's done has also done his job quite well and uh yeah the defense has taken a step up the Leafs defensively have taken a step up yeah they've taken a step back a little bit in goal scoring terms but I think that's what you that's how they got to start playing man because not a lot of teams win by just pure offense in the playoffs I don't think really when the hell's the last time a team won on pure offense like Colorado didn't they have Kale McCarr and that guy is an elite defenseman and they had solid goaltending so they had solid enough goaltending it wasn't bad it didn't hurt them so I don't think like teams don't win on pure offense it's easy to shut down pure offensive teams in the playoffs like the Leafs usually are so they got to learn how to play stronger defensively and that means you got to sacrifice some offense and it looks like they're doing that this season and I think it's working so so far so good Leafs making the playoffs I'm confident in that Next up, the Tampa Bay Lightning are in third place with a 6-4-3 points percentage. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. The only thing that concerns me is Victor Hedman. Now, he has been very, very, very quiet. Uh, not only in terms of Victor Hedman's standards, just in terms of, like, defenseman standards. I mean, he's barely getting anything right now going. And uh, I'm sad because Victor Hedman's one of my favorite players in the league. And uh, I haven't had an opportunity to watch a whole lot of the games, but I'm seeing a lot of minuses in his in his stats. Uh, Tampa hasn't been winning as much as they're more than likely used to, but could can you blame them, dude? Their playoff runs over the last three years have been vicious, and uh, yeah, they have to be experiencing some sort of level of burnout. They have gone through a ton of turnover the last few years, so I think it's a miracle that they're literally in third place right now. So. I have them making the playoffs, man. They're still too too strong mentally of a team to uh, fall out of the playoffs, I think, just yet. But maybe one more strong playoff run, and these guys are just... They're just the wheels got to fall off the bus at some point, man. Like, you can only have so many playoff runs until you just you just burn out but Tampa Bay they're looking just fine I am a little concerned with Victor Hedman because I feel like I feel like Victor Hedman is arguably the most important player on that team him or Vasilevsky but yeah and even Vasilevsky hasn't necessarily been playing up to his standards either so there's that uh in terms of the Metro in first place you got the New Jersey Devils um yeah eight point or 0.826 points percentage they are looking fantastic right now um yeah 19-4 and oh looking good i i think it's safe to say that the new jersey devils are going to be able to hang on to this they're playing great now it's going to be more interesting when they get to playoff time because everyone's talking about oh this is an undersized team it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them in the playoffs are they going to get eaten alive kind of like maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs. They they were a pretty undersized team going into the playoffs for the most part. And uh, Jersey, though, they are killing teams with their ridiculous speed. 
catching them off guard, man. And they're getting production from all their lines. They're they're rolling all four lines. They're getting goals from all of them. Defense has been very solid, and they're getting good goaltending. Vanacek has been a story for them for sure. Washington, I don't know what the fuck you guys were thinking, but thank you for giving up your goaltending. That was that was very helpful helpful for the Leafs and the Devils. So New Jersey, I'm I'm safe to say they're going to make the playoffs. New York Islanders rocking right now a .652 points percentage. Now this is where it's going to start getting interesting because there's uh, there's going to be some teams that aren't going to make it, and there's going to be some teams that make it. And the Islanders honestly have quietly just been having a really solid year. 15 wins, eight losses, nothing in OT. They're a plus 18 on the on the differential. I would like to say that they're going to make it because Sorokin has been out of control, dude. He has been so fucking good. And it seems that that little extra boost of offense has been has been beneficial for the Islanders, <clears throat> at least so far. Uh, it seems that, that that has really helped them out. Barzell just continues to... Putting up numbers, but not getting a lot of goals. He was going. I was hoping he was going to go for a, a zero goals and eighty nine assist season and just have that just crazy stat line. But nah, he scored some goals finally. But uh, I don't know, man. Highlanders are looking really good, but uh, man, I don't know. They're a tough one to gauge because uh, you have the Pens that are that are buzzing, but uh, and then you got Detroit and Florida and the Rangers who are all out there. So tough I, I, islanders i think are going to fight for sure i think the islanders are going to stay in there i'm good with the islanders carolina they're struggling right now for jersey shore they are definitely struggling they're fighting it right now um <clears throat> yeah they're that's a tough one man could carolina potentially miss they're such a strong balanced team all throughout that's tough man but the, right now they are 11 6 and 5 uh, a 6 or a 0.614 points percentage so the detroit red wings have a better points percentage than them right now and they're in a wild card spot oh that's gonna be tough that's gonna be tough that is tough i guess maybe i should have wrote some of this out so i didn't have to think too hard about it but i don't know man carolina's really strong i haven't been watching them all too much hmm i think carolina's gonna make it and then detroit detroit I don't know, man. They're they're really hanging on in there, but I think the wheels might have to fall off the bus on this team at some point. Uh, they had a really good early schedule, and I don't know. They got beaten by Det- by Toronto in pretty convincing fashion the other night. They're gonna have some more tough teams going on out there. So I think it's it's really encouraging for Detroit fans that it looks like they're taking that step into uh, that next step into competitiveness. But I just think the the other competition in this division right now is still too strong. So I have Detroit not making the playoffs after, after, yeah, that's just, I think it's, I think it's going to start coming back down to the reality for them a little bit, but it's definitely not going to hit them as hard as teams like Philadelphia or Buffalo. I don't think it's going to fall. Your guys are going to fall off the, the, the cliff that bad, but I just think you're going to, you're going to just miss the playoffs. Sadly, Pittsburgh. That's another tough one, man. That's a tough one. Uh, Jeez, man, that's just their defense is so bad. It's just not been very good. Really goes on how how strong is uh, how how uh, how motivated is Crosby, Malkin, and Latang going to be to drag this team there? So far, it's been decent, but they've definitely had some rocky moments. It's been an up and down season for them so far. Ooh, that's tough, man. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Oh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can I don't know if I can count out Crosby, man. I'm gonna have the Pittsburgh Penguins making it, 
And then, okay. So I have only, I believe I only, I only have one more spot. So it's between the Florida Panthers and the New York Rangers. Who's going to make it? That's tough, man. I think, fuck. It's going to be between, like, is, is Florida just going to, like, fall off this year? Or is the Rangers just, like, was that magical season just, like, way too much to live up to over over um, to this season? But I don't know, man. It's just, at some point, those young guns got to get going. They got the new coach, or no, they don't have the new coach. Florida's got the new coach, and I don't know. They're both pretty pretty close. Uh, Florida at a .545 points percentage, and New York currently at a .522. They were so freaking good last year, but so was Florida. And uh, they're definitely both going to take a dip off a little bit, but both of them have taken a bigger dip off of that cliff than I think anyone was expecting. That's a tough call, man. I could just go way off the board, just say Montreal gonna make it, but I don't know. I think um, I think I'll go with New York. New York is going to figure it out. Shesterkin is the better goalie, and I think they're gonna start playing. Like he just recently called himself out, so maybe the team will rally. I'll have fucking Florida missing and Detroit missing, so I think it's gonna be Boston, Toronto, Tampa, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Hurricanes, Penguins, and the Rangers. So that sadly means Detroit, Florida, Montreal, Washington. I just, I can't have Washington in there, man. Like, I'm sorry, Ovechkin, but there are just way too many injuries and they're too far back now. Uh, even if they get guys back, they would have to go on an insane run. I just don't think they got it in them. I'm sorry, Washington. Buffalo, it was just, uh, it was just too big of a fall off. I'm sorry. Better luck next year. At least the beginning was fun again. And at least Darlene Power and um tage thompson continues to look they all look really good so that's really encouraging skinner was having some good moments there so that's encouraging so that's that philadelphia's fallen off a cliff real bad just like the buffalo sabers did and ottawa probably the most disappointing team for me personally in this in the east because i was really rooting for them i wanted them to make it into the playoffs because i just wanted a battle of ontario to mean something again and uh, sadly, just they haven't taken that step, man. It just hasn't happened yet. Maybe next year. I, 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 They're done this year, man. It's just the East is too strong. There's too many stronger teams. But, yeah, really, I really feel for the Ottawa Senators fans. At least now maybe they, they'll just focus on the Ryan Reynolds thing and Brady Kachuk having a fantastic season. So, yeah, they really need DeBrincat to get going. I, I hope that he goes on a big goal-scoring spree here really soon. Maybe gets, like, 12 goals in 18 games. And, and yeah, I, I'm hoping that he hits at least 30 goals. Like, I don't want to see him hit under 30 goals. That would be really not cool. But, yeah, honestly, just really not cool that the Ottawa Senators are having the season that they're having. I'm very disappointed for them. And uh, speaking of disappointing Columbus Blue Jackets, woof. Oof, I didn't I didn't expect them to be this bad, but damn, they suck ass, bro. They suck ass. And yeah, they really desperately need a center. Uh Wierenski's out for the whole season. Goaltending just hasn't been there. Corpusalo's been better than last year, but still not good enough. Fucking sadly, Merzlikens didn't get it together this year. I was really rooting for him to crack like top 10 goalie in the league, and it just didn't happen. And Tarasov doesn't look ready yet. So yeah, Columbus is going to be a lottery team by the looks of it, so that sucks. Now let's move on to the West. You got in the first place in Central right now is the Dallas Stars. They are at currently a 
0.652 points percentage. I'm good with the Dallas Stars making it, man. They they seem really good. Robertson is buzzing on a ridiculous level. Heinz, that line continues to produce, and now they got the benefit of Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan coming back to life. Heskinen, Heskinen, Heskinen looks fantastic, and Ottinger looks like the real deal. I'm fine with the Dallas Stars making it into the playoffs, and they're going to be a problem to deal with in the playoffs when they get there. Winnipeg Jets. Now, this one's interesting because a lot of people don't really believe in these guys from what I can tell. I think last year was the anomaly, honestly. I had the Jet. I'm good with the Jets being in the playoffs, man. Hellebuck looks like he's on a mission. That guy, it, he he is one of the best goalies in the league, and he looks like he is Vesna caliber this year, and keep that up. I think that's good. Kyle Connor hasn't quite awoken just yet, so if he can just start popping off and start scoring goals to his normal level, that's going to be a problem. Shifley looks like he's, I don't know, he needs to be a little bit more consistent, and that would be great. And the sooner that Nick Ehlers can get back into the lineup, the better. And yeah, Josh Morrissey has just been having a excellent year as well so I'm, I'm happy with the Winnipeg Jets I don't think they're going to finish in second place because they got the Colorado Avalanche uh, right behind them but I think I could see the Winnipeg Jets making the playoffs I, I would like that a lot because I've always been a fan of the Jets Colorado Avalanche making the playoffs no doubt yeah they had a slow start but they found their stride they're still down some some big guys like Landis Gog there's still potentially a move that they can make with this team to make it even better in that second line center spot if Newhook isn't what they think he is and McCarr honestly has been a little slow out of the gate for McCarr levels so yeah I think the I, I think you're going to be just fine Colorado's making it Vegas, first place in the Pacific right now. I'm good with Vegas, man. Absolutely good with Vegas. I'm happy to see that Vegas is Vegas again because, yeah, it's better when Vegas is Vegas because when they suck, their fans are quiet. And when their fans are quiet, it's not so fun. When their fans are loud, it's awesome. It's a good time. Great to see that Jack Eichel is back, man. He is playing fantastic. Logan, is it Logan Thompson? I don't know. That goaltender over there, wow, what a revelation. He's been phenomenal over there. And Vegas looks like they're Vegas again, baby. They're scary at the beginning of the game. And, oh, good luck holding on to a lead if they, if they, if they don't have the lead on you in the third period. So Vegas is looking real good, man. Now, here's an interesting one. Second place right now in the Pacific is the Seattle Kraken. Currently rocking a .690 points percentage, plus 15 on the goal differential. So this one's a little risky because it really hangs on if Martin Jones can keep up this goaltending performance that he's doing right now. And Matty Beneers looks like he might be exploding right now because he has been putting up some major pointage right here lately. And they're right now they're, they're 13, 5, and 8, which is not bad at all. They got some games in hand. If they can make those games count, man... Could be really good for them because you got the Edmonton Oilers behind them. They're struggling, man. They're going to be down to Vander Kane, and that's that's bad. But Connor McDavid, he cannot be denied, can he, man? Like their team is really bad, though. With like, oh, if they if they didn't have Connor McDavid with just Leon on there, I don't even. I think they might be a lottery team without McDavid. They're just horrendous. But and then Minnesota, ugh, I don't know, man. It's ugh, it's looking a little. And then St. Louis, Calgary are both like, what the fuck is going on? Nashville, they're they're trying to come back. And Vancouver, I don't know. They're so the West is so confusing right now. Like, there's a lot of teams that. Oh, St. Louis. Oh God, this is tough. Hold on, let me work this out. I would love for Seattle to make it in there. That'd be really fun. But 
can I actually count out Edmonton and Calgary? Calgary, it's starting to look like you might. We might be counting them out right here because this is like getting into like what the fuck is going on territory. I'm getting nervous a little bit with the Flames. St. Louis, they're just so ridiculously inconsistent. Minnesota as well, they're kind of inconsistent. And Edmonton has just been holy crap, man. But McDavid, if oh, this is a tough one, man. This is tough with the with the West. I'm having a hard time figuring this one out. I think for the sake of awesomeness and how fun it would be, sure, let's have Seattle making it. And hmm, then Los Angeles are in there still, eh? Oof. Okay, I think ooh, uh, they're they're at a five a point five six two points percentage right now. So yeah, they're all in and around. So it's like the Kings, the Oilers, the Wild, and even the Blues and Flames. They're all in and around each other here. So yeah, Seattle's like off, kind of like off with uh with Vegas. They're not far behind Vegas right now, honestly. With those games in hand, that's huge. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with Vegas. Seattle, the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, and the St. Louis Blues. I'm gonna have uh, the Kings and the and the and the Wild not making it. Uh, I just think that Los Angeles, they're just not getting it. They're not getting the goaltending that they need. And yeah, I just I just don't think that's gonna it's all all gonna make. I think last year was a little too much. And uh, yeah, I'll have the Kings making it out for the sake. I want the Kraken just to make it because that will be fun to see what they can do in the playoffs. And uh, Edmonton, I just, I can't count out Connor McDavid. The Flames, I just want the Flames to make it, man. They're so, I like, oh, come on. Like, geez, it's the Flames. Like, the, they really shouldn't be struggling this bad right now. But I think the Flames are going to bounce back and they're going to make it. Same with St. Louis. So, sorry, Minnesota. Like, you're a fun team to root for. But you're like, if Kaprasov goes down, you're Dunyan rings. So, yeah, and, uh, yeah, it seems like a lot of those guys that had career years last year, well, Hartman's been out, so it's kind of hard to, he's not going to have as good of a year as he did last year. Felino's been hurt, but he's back in the lineup now doing better. I don't know. Minnesota's just been a little too inconsistent. Goaltending's been a little inconsistent. Flurry's been great and terrible at times. So, yeah, I think Minnesota's not going to make it. And then, yeah, uh, I already talked about the Kings. Edmonton, McDavid, I, I just, I won't count them out. St. Louis, I just think their team is too good. Like, honestly, like, I just think all these guys are going to start figuring it out. Like, Kairou and Thomas, I think Thomas just got hurt, but Kairou has been starting to put up the points. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly was on fire there for a minute, and now he's, like, cooled off a bit. So, I don't know, man. I think the Blues are going to be able to figure it out. There's still that playoff mentality team. They still have a lot of those guys there. So, I think they're going to be able to figure it out. And that leaves Vancouver, no way. I just, I can't have them after just the way that their season's been going. Uh, it'd be fun if they made it, man. I'm down with any Canadian team making it because that's just always fun and good for the NHL. Nashville, I just I just don't think they got it, man. I just don't think they have the forward talent to get it done. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Nashville got And, like, Yossi just had such an outrageous year last year. Saros was winning a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have been winning, and I just, you can't count on that every single year out of a goaltender san jose uh, <laughs> no just no arizona i mean yeah we get into the teams that are clearly tanking right now arizona putting up a fight they're putting up a lot more fight than they did last year so there's there's that i mean vimelka has had some insane performances this year clayton keller continues to just kind of baffle me he continues to just be putting up points on a team that he shouldn't be putting up a point up like a point a game level amount of points up. That's just fantastic. So Clayton Keller's been good. 
Chicago, man, I mean, oh, I don't know when they're going to decide to trade away Patrick Kane and Taves. They've been playing good enough. I feel like just get it done, man. Just do it. Just trade them all away. Like, just tank. And then Anaheim. Anaheim's honestly been way worse than I thought they were going to be. One regulation win so far this season. That's crazy. So, they're definitely going to be a lottery team, but I mean, Zegris continues to be insanely impressive and fun to watch over there. But yeah, everything else seems to be not so good over there, man. Yeah, Anaheim's having a real disastrous year, and uh, it's going to be a long one for the Anaheim Ducks. It's going to be a long, long season. Even Gibson, man, is looking kind of worse and worse than ever. So I don't know if they're going to be able to get a tr- anything out of out of that guy for a trade. We'll see what happens with the Anaheim Ducks. But there you go. That is my contenders and pretenders. Let's just go through it one more time quickly. <clears throat> in the East, <clears throat> in the East, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Jersey, Islanders, Hurricanes, the Penguins, and the Rangers. Everyone else will miss. In the West, Dallas, the Jets, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, the Kraken, the Oilers, the Blues, and the Flames. There you go. I hope that mathed out properly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's 16. That makes sense. That adds up. There you go. Hopefully I'm wrong on most of those just for the sake of funniness. You know, I'm not a real fucking analyst, yo. I just go... For the most part, I go with what I would like to see as a fan for the most part, unless it's like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, Arizona's going to make it because that's just redundant. That's just ridiculous. That's not going to happen. But there you go. That's my predictions as uh, where the NHL standings are for now. Or what do you think? Do you think LA is going to make it? Do you think Detroit's going to stay into the battle? Do you think the Islanders are going to fall out? Do you think the Rangers aren't going to make it? Do you think Montreal sneaks in there somehow? I mean, they're not doing bad, man. They're really not, but... I just think I just think the magic's going to wear off as the season goes on. It's really fun at the beginning. I just think it's going to wear off with the Habs. I just don't think I talked about the Habs. I'm just happy for the Habs that they're having fun over there. That's all that really matters for the Habs. So, and the young guys are doing really good. That's a lot. That's just great. I mean, Suzuki is wow, what a player. What a player. What a player. What a player. Great player. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Do you think Vancouver's going to make it somehow? Do you think the Kraken are going to make it? That's kind of like the weird one right now that really sticks out. Uh, They're playing good, man. They're playing really good. They're playing the way that I thought they were going to play last year. And that's why I put a lot of my eggs in that basket last year and and bet hard on the Kraken. And they made, made me look like a real dummy. But I don't know, man. As long as Grubauer stays away from that team, they'll have success. But... Can Martin Jones get the Kraken to a freaking playoff spot? I think for the sake of entertainment, that would be awesome. And there you go, guys. That is another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, uh, make sure you go back and check out the GX GamerCast. I did a modern review of Deathloop. That was a very fun game, so go check out my review on that. And I did a review of Survivor Series War Games that came out just the other day. So if you missed out on War Games, go check out my review. Was it good? Did it live up to the hype? Because I had a lot of excitement going into the show. Did it live up to the hype? Do we have a match of the year contender in there? You'll just have to listen and find out. So that is the WrestleCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you go check out the YouTube channel, GamerGX Videos daily uploads over there doing uncharted 3 and disco elysium having a great time playing those games and uh yeah there you go let's uh let's go leafs 
more games. I didn't tell you the games that they're going to play, but it's okay. We'll just talk about it next week. We'll talk about all the Leafs, and hopefully they just continue on winning. And thank you again for listening. I am Audi.